I went in with my theories and, and, and I was wrong. And then I like, I'm, I'm fine with the way it ended, but I, I, I'm still, my heart is still broken. And we are live with another episode of the Keen Talks. Today, the Keen Talks Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's that show brought to you by the Keeg, where we talk about uh, different Keeg topics every Geek Week. I am your host, Dimitra Pereira. And if you're watching this live, uh, you're watching this on twitch.tv slash show or youtube.com slash show. You can see who our guests are that I've invited on this show to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, but if you're listening to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, then you won't know who's guesting on the show. And I got to introduce them. First off, we got first timer to the Keeg talks, but not first timer to the Keeg as a whole. We have cosplayer slash content creator Aaron Gaines. Aaron, how you doing today, man? Hey, so far so good. Happy to be here. I'm happy you're here too, because uh, last time I had you on, it was on the Instagram live chat, and uh, I've been meaning to get you on for a long time. And I'm like, Aaron has to <laughs> has to have seen Guardians, right? I did, yeah. I I saw it just for you. That's not true, but I wouldn't. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't even know what Guardians is. I'm just gonna do it because Dimitri asked me to. I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> There's three. What? Three plus <laughs> everything else that's like peripheral, right? Like Infinity War and Endgame and the Holiday Special. It's a whole yeah. collection at this point. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, you know, that's that's a Guardians. Uh, oh yeah. You know, it has that Guardians bit in the beginning. Yeah, a couple so, minutes worth anyway, so. Yeah, uh, you, you get to see Thor do the splits, and uh, the Guardians get upset at him. So I get it. There's a <laughs> lot of Guardian stuff out there. Uh, I'm glad to have you on, though. Uh, there's there's a lot to talk about this movie, and uh, I, know you got, I know you got opinions. Oh, yeah, always. We'll always have opinions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, our second guest, um, she's been on the show before, um, on on a lot of DC related stuff. I don't know if this yeah. is the first Marvel related thing that Kaylin yeah. has been on. Kaylin Dorothy, comics by Kaylin. Kaylin, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's a it's a nice and sunny day, and not cold for the first time in a while. Because <laughs> you're on the East Coast, right? I'm on the East Coast, and it's been like 50s, low 60s. Up until today, it's like finally in the 70s. Mm. I'm over here in California, so uh, things are still weird. Weather's still weird, but not in the same way. Yeah. It's raining a lot over there, isn't it? It has been um, right. for like, it was like February, March. No, no, uh, like January, February, March. It was like raining a lot. And that's not normal around here. But um, but it's 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 May now. Yeah. The, the way I see it is when my birthday happens that's when the weather starts getting good so <laughs> i'm i'm kind of like punxatani phil in a way is your birthday you know, the groundhog no it happened in in april it was april 6th did i miss your birthday I'm i mean terrible. you know wow it's all right i don't i don't advertise <laughs> my birthday it's okay oh. uh, my birthday's coming up okay i'll make sure to miss it <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, enough about enough about weather. 
Because I feel like, you know, what is this, a weather <laughs> podcast? Whatever, meteor- yeah. <laughs> meteorologists. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is a movie that, like, uh, you know, everybody's been waiting for for years. Yeah. How is this going to end? Quote, unquote, end, you know, and, and all that. And hopefully everybody who's out there listening to us, watching us, you know, has already seen the movie because we're going to be going in depth about spoilers. This is a show to watch after you watch your things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah before volume three and everything uh how uh, do you guys have any experiences with the characters before even the first movie came out not very many people have um even as like a comics fan i knew of guardians of the galaxy i was never interested in them because their comic book one like comic book team was a little bit different and then they like had a different team and like they just never interested me that much. And when they announced they were going to do a Guardians movie for the MCU, I'm like, I, I was like uh, Jaman Hansu, like who? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Guardians, what? Yeah. Uh, most people didn't have any idea what to expect. Right. Yeah. But then the first movie came out. Yeah. Yeah, even then, like when when that first movie came out, uh, I had not seen like a lot of the MCU movies at that point. I'm a very late bloomer when it comes to the, the MCU. Yeah. Um, I just knew of the movie because at the time I was doing a high school production of Footloose and I was playing Kevin Bacon's role. And my friend was like, oh, you need to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, why? And they said, oh, they mentioned Kevin Bacon and Footloose. I'm like, oh, cool. And then like six years later, I finally watched it. And I was like, oh, wow, there's the <laughs> reference that that's such a weird like who enters the mcu or guardians of the galaxy through kevin bacon right, right? You know? <laughs> but then it kind of came full circle right, exactly like always... special? right it comes full exactly. circle yeah and then you and you watch it years later and how'd you how'd you guys feel about the movie like the tone of the movie is so different than the like anything we had seen up until that point Mm-hmm. whether it's MCU or otherwise one? yeah yeah right so yeah so I I'm similar I'm also kind of a MCU late bloomer um I had seen the first two Thor movies in theaters but I hadn't really like fully invested I hadn't seen anything else MCU I was a DC person and for some reason was like no I don't care about Marvel I only care about DC we forget that exists um <laughs> but then my dad was like no you really should like check out this guardians movie you you really need to watch it and i was also weirdly like terrified of anything to do with aliens for quite a long time like high school early college if it had aliens i wouldn't watch it and so i was like very adamant i'm not going to watch guardians and then finally i gave in and watched it and that that's where my love of the mcu sparked like from that movie, I went back and watched everything and became wholeheartedly obsessed. And it was Baby Groot was my first uh, Funko Pop. Oh. oh, everybody loves Baby Groot. There's so much oh, to love okay. about Guardians as a series for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but like, Groot was definitely the the one that got me hooked. Is Guardians your guys' favorite MCU series? It doesn't have to be for the. You're not getting kicked off the podcast. <laughs> just leave. Just oh, immediately yeah. banned. It's hard. It's hard to pick a favorite. See, I want to say 
part of me wants to say yes, but at the same time, so many of my favorite MCU movies are Captain America and Spider-Man. Okay. Like I really love yeah. the Captain America and Sp- I mean, I kind of wish that the Captain America trilogy was a true trilogy because the third feels more like an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still one of my favorites. You know, Winter Soldier is my all-time favorite, and I'm I adore Spider-Man so much. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I, f- I need to go back and rewatch all three Guardians in a row, and then reevaluate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, I mean this, especially this last one. Oh my god. This yeah. La- yeah. like number three. Like like number three. Like, oh yeah. I was oh, sitting yeah. in the theater just sobbing. <laughs> I mean, we will. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. We'll there. Get into Aaron, were you going to say something? Yes, I was going to say uh, I'm right there with you when it comes to uh, like Captain America and Spider Man. It's like I try to, I try to exclude Spider Man because he's always going to win no matter what. I mean, right. for the listeners, I'm sitting in a Spider Man chair right now, so it's yeah. like he's always going to hang it up next to me. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean. I, I'm with you. Like, is it, I think I need to go back and rewatch all of these in a row, and then I can rightfully judge on whether yeah, it's it's between Guardians and Captain America for sure. Yeah, I mean, I tend to be like gravitate towards like individual characters. I mean, obviously, I love the Guardians as a team, and the Guardians are a better team than the Avengers in terms of like how they work together. Um, but I. I I, I would say like Groot if like Groot had his own franchise and I would probably say like the Groot franchise because mm-hmm. I love him so much um but I guess as like as far as like the individual characters I'd have to say like Cap or Spidey mm. I I I feel like Guardians might be my favorite series out of them like Spider-Man the the MC I love the MCU Spider-Man and I also I love all the MCU stuff right Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But if we're talking about like, like, I, I, I still defend Guardians number two. Like, I, I oh, love yeah. Guardians two. Like, that's great. There are. I there thought are, everybody did. <laughs> I mean, but I was some wrong. Some people hate. So yeah, some people hate on Guardians. Why? It's wonderful. Did you guys, yeah. Did you guys like it? I love Guardians two. Absolutely. I have a hard time deciding which. I mean, I think overall, I like the first one more than the second one. But there are moments in the second that I love more. Honestly, part of why I love the second and it makes it so hard for me to decide which one I like more is because then we have Baby Groot. There, and oh. I adore Baby Groot more than life itself. The best scene in the entire franchise is like him wanting to press the buttons and Rocket yelling at him. <laughs> yeah. I will. I stand by that. James Gunn has done something so beautifully with all of these movies. Um because uh, Baby Groot reminds me of like just the soundtrack of all mm. these of all these movies and how it's built into the movie itself. Yeah, they're not just playing; like it's a core part of the story. Like, and it's Peter's mixtapes, right? Mm-hmm. And then later in this one, a Zoom. Um, but like, I think about like Volume Two starting off with Baby Groot dancing through all yeah. the action. Yeah. There's the something that James, James Gunn is, it, he does such a great job. He, he could, I don't know. Uh, other people can't take his, like his spot, right? Like, I don't right. feel like no. many directors can do what he does. He does it. I mean, it is unabashedly James Gunn. I'm not saying that yeah. James Gunn is the best in everything, but like. No. The Guardians would not, like there are some movies where, if you switched the director, it would 
be the same movie, but if you switched the Guardians director for anybody that wasn't James Gunn, it would not be the same movies. Yeah, he's only got a a very specific style of storytelling with with really all of his projects. Like he's yeah one of those directors you can watch any of his projects and you can tell it has the, it's like that's a James Gunn movie. Like whether it be Scooby Doo yeah. or whether it be The Suicide Squad or Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. Like it's he's got that stamp on it. Yeah. yeah, there's um there's a I feel like there's only a handful of directors where you can really like you watch this movie and you just feel the director in it. Um, I feel like Mm -hmm. another director that I feel his style so significantly in the movies would be like, um, oh crap, I'm blanking on his name. Well, you got Joe Johnson. Joe Johnston. Oh, okay. The 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 director, the guy who directed the first Captain America, he's directed some of my other, like he directed Jumanji, Hidalgo, The Rocketeer. There's something so specific. Uh nostalgic about his like I just watched The Rocketeer the other day with my roommate she had never seen it before I obviously feel nostalgic because I've seen that movie since I was a kid but she felt the nostalgia and it was her first time watching that movie because there's something about his style that like is in those in his Mm -hmm. movies did Joe Johnston do uh Jurassic Park 3 yes I think he he did do one of the Jurassic Park movies yeah I think it was the third yeah yeah Um, and he did Jumanji yeah. Uh, Honey, I shrink the kids. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. There, there are a couple directors um, that like it, it. It's what's called auteur theory, where it's mm. like a director being like, "This is a part of me. I'm gonna see yeah. every aspect and make it like my own." Hit Hitchcock, Spielberg, yeah. J.J. Abrams does it right. Like Michael mm-hmm. Bay. Yeah. To, to, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> mean you're Day. good or bad. It doesn't mean <laughs> right, you're good or bad. It just means that that is unabashedly your project. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and James Definitely. Gunn does it. Uh, uh, the music, the music of, of Guardians has like they, it, it's introduced me to new old, new old music. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, um, oh, I saw I saw a meme that said uh, that showed like two guys on a on like dressed in like 70s disco outfits lying on a bed of cash and it was like when 70s bands um s- like what get uh uh ah, i'm gonna butcher like when, it. They I'm get, gonna, <laughs> when they like, get like added to the guardian soundtrack yeah yeah 70s artists in 2022 <laughs> or 23 i forget which year it is uh when when their song gets added to guardians yeah yeah um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's it's definitely the the music is just I, a lot of that is music I kind of grew up with because that's music my dad has always played since I was a kid. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I agree. It was like it. It's further introduced me to other songs and other artists. Yeah. Um. What were our expectations for Guardians Three? Like before before we even you know we watched it. Like, what did we want? Because I, like, yeah, what did what did we want? You know, I think it's just, it's odd because, like, it, it came out relatively so soon after a finale of sorts with Avengers Endgame. And so now we're going to have another finale of another team, uh, and it's happening so quickly. And so it was just, you know, with speculation of, of Batista, uh, Dave Batista saying he's going to be done after this, and this person saying they're going to be done after this, it's like, oh, this is going to be riddled with 
death and despair. And this is just going to make me sad. But, you know, as we'll get into later, I'm sure is that it really wasn't that like it was that in other areas, but it wasn't like a a sorrowful ending for a team that we've seen for the last like nine years. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree. I was fully expecting to lose a core member and I hadn't even like seen the trailers. I avoided trailers like the plague. I straight up when I was at the movies to see Dungeons and Dragons during the pre-show trailers that came on, I walked out of the theater so I wouldn't la, have la, to la, see la, it la, la. like dedicated to avoiding trailers. Um, you but you, still, you didn't like, see you didn't see any of the Guardian like this this these trailers? Before you for saw the, the movie? For the third movie, I didn't see any trailers. I avoided them like crazy. Straight what? up walking out of movie theaters to avoid them. I'm not kidding. I wanted... I, I don't like to watch trailers. I, I will admit I finally saw the Marvels trailer yesterday for the first time sitting in the theater. You have but to, I tried, yeah. I, I try to as much as possible avoid Marvel trailers now because I'm going to see it anyway. You don't need to mm-hmm. show me a poster. You don't need to show me a trailer. You just need to tell me the name of the movie and when it's coming out and I will be there because I'm going to see it regardless and I want to maximize my surprise so but unfortunately even though I hadn't seen the trailer I had heard through word of mouth like sad scenes of 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 Rocket in the trailer so there were like theories about Rocket that I hadn't heard going around that I was trying to ignore but only ignore them so much yeah Uh, so I, I had like expectations that sad stuff was going to happen and that we were going to lose a core member and sad stuff happened we did but we didn't lose so that's mm-hmm. good right um yeah i i think <laughs> i think people thought that like because somebody said they're not coming back that they will kill the character off like yeah and just to stop them from even changing their mind they're like <laughs> Sorry, dude, you died. We can't have you back. That that'll show you. But James Gunn has an insane loyalty to the people that he works with. It right. doesn't mean right. that they never die, right? But like it just means yeah. that like he wants to continue working with them, whatever mm-hmm. that means, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like with this movie, when the trailer came out, like I, I think that like some trailers are just uh cobbled together by advertising agencies. But I feel mm-hmm. like James Gunn trailers have James Gunn say in it. Yeah. Like I'd like to believe. Because they they work the soundtrack. They like they do all that stuff. Uh they're works of art in and of itself, like a trailer. And I don't think the Guardians trailer for this one gave anything away because I went in with my theories. <laughs> I went in with my theories and 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 I was wrong and then I like I'm I'm fine with the way it ended but I I I'm still my heart is still broken. Yeah. My um my heart I don't know why I'm blurry right now but like my heart is <laughs> is is was broken and Yeah. Um do you guys have any like theories before you saw the movie? Not Kaylin cuz you know. Not me. <laughs> yeah, but Aaron, did you did you have any? Um, you know, the way they were kind of leading it to be was it looked like that rocket was going to die. I mean, he was yeah. on uh, life support in the trailers. And so and I mean, throughout the whole movie he was on life support. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, people had these theories of uh, in the first Guardians logo, it's like this rustic looking thing. It's like, you know, who looks rustic Groot and Groot 
quote unquote died in that one. And then the second Guardians, uh, the title card was blue. And it's like, oh, you know who's blue? Yondu. And he oh. died. And so yeah. then when this one came out and it had a gray hue to it, everyone's like, oh, crap. Rocket and Drax are gray. And it's <laughs> so they were. Yeah. And so I was kind of falling in with that as well, because, I mean, you know, James Gunn, he has subtle ways of dropping these things. So it's like, maybe, I mean, like, but would they put that so blatantly out there for people to guess it? Is it too on the nose? So Mm -hmm. I eventually just kind of, at this point with Marvel movies, I just shut my brain off and just go in and watch them. Because if you just start spouting off theories and start spouting off uh, all these things based off of a leaked info that wasn't even reputable, then you're, I don't know. A lot of people don't manage their expectations well, and I was one of them mm-hmm. at one point. So I'm like, you know what? We're just gonna go blank, go cold, and then whatever I get, I get. Yeah. Um. Before we we start talking about the movie itself, I had made a TikTok, um, talking about the odds of people dying because I did go in thinking somebody was going to die, one of yeah. the poor people, Fair. something, <laughs> and I threw out I threw out a uh, uh, a little odds, even though the odds don't matter. I have not. I, I don't know how to gamble, so I don't know how <laughs> numbers work, but I I was trying to look at it from a storytelling perspective, and I was like, okay, I think the least likely to die is Gamora, because she's died mm-hmm. before, they're not going to kill yeah. her again, that was True. like 1 to 1,000 odds, then I said 1 to 100 odds Groot, because I was like, he already died, he was reborn, could he die again and then be reborn again, they could pull that you know, but it's not that likely. And then mm-hmm. I also went into it being like, I think Rocket is going to live. Everybody thought Rocket was going to die. I was like, I don't feel like James Gunn is going to torture this character for so long and then have a movie about his torture and then kill him. Yeah. I think he's going to get Fair. a happy ending. And I was wrong about what the happy ending was. And this is why I'm so broken. In the comics, what, what did- in the comics, Rocket's soulmate is Lila. Lila is still alive in the comics. And I thought he was going to have a happy ending with Lila in the movie. I thought that, sure, there's the flashback, but I thought the hug there, Kaylin didn't see it, but in the trailer, there's a a moment she gets out of the cage and she hugs him. I thought Uh that was in the present. Mm. I thought that was a reuniting scene. And I thought that like he's gonna have his happy ending, he's gonna have it with have it with Lila. Um, and then I, I just go through all the people, but basically who I thought was gonna die, I thought Craglin was gonna die. Cause I thought okay. he's the most expendable, and I thought like he could have a big hero, like he could finally work his arrow and be a hero and then die. And then I also thought like Drax would die because, you know, to to be with his daughter, you know. Yeah. Storytelling yeah. wise, I could see it. Mm-hmm. I, I was wrong about all of that well not all of that all of that but like rocket did live and lila died and i still like it's so hard not to cry about those yeah. characters and the, the funny heaven... floor floor and floor Teeth's... that really got me teeth teeth too but floor was just like a little baby yeah Floor was one who got, I mean, Lila, first and foremost. I'm like, they all got me, but it was like when I saw Floor specifically, there's something about like a little baby bunny that just feels extra innocent. I literally yeah. like was seeing, like, I went to sleep last I when I went laid down to go to sleep last night, I closed my eyes. All I could see was Floor. 
<laughs> I was just seeing floor and I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Uh and the the heaven, the heaven scene. It just yeah, it killed me. That yeah. Uh yeah. So um we start off this movie with with a couple of things that they kind of like hinted at in the in the holiday special because there's a big jump right after mm-hmm. Endgame after Endgame to the holiday special only Thor and Lo- Thor Love and Thunder takes place in between those but you don't see much of like what the Guardians yeah. normal is but right. the holiday special we see that like yeah they're running nowhere they're they're a member of, members of the community you know. Um, but we start this movie off with uh, Quill being completely wasted and Rocket yeah. being depressed. Um, How do you guys feel about the start of this? Is that I mean, where we, I, we thought this was going to start? Um, I feel like it kind of almost picked off, picked up off the the end of the holiday special. You know, they're they're that same place their new normal their new home they're the protectors of nowhere and you know they're they're helping to build a society so that all made sense it didn't shock me that star lord would kind of just like drink himself into his feelings over gamora like that like we i feel like we kind of got an inkling of of him heading in that direction with uh with the holiday special i mean he was definitely like torn up in his feelings and of course the holidays anybody who's lost anybody the holidays make it just that much harder so that mm-hmm. made sense and they they tried not to make it too sad because it is a holiday special you got to keep it somewhat cheery right but i feel like that was a natural progression for his character to then start the film like that that he's just like so distraught over the loss of her and feels so empty without her that he's just like kind of tossed aside everything else yeah um Actually, real quick before we get into the specifics, uh, just out out of ten with minimal explanation, uh, uh, what? How do you guys feel about this movie? I would on the on the first watch, I'm Mm going to give it a solid eight. Okay, I I would say like eight or nine. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, I watched it once. I I was thinking about going again, but I'm like, I don't know if I can handle it back to back. So I, I will end up seeing it again. I know people that saw it twice in 24 hours. I I can't handle it. <laughs> I like I'm like it 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 broke me. Um like it was Thursday and people had already seen it twice. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh I mean I would love to see it again. I just need some breathing room, you know? Uh, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Like, I also give the Guardians movies very high scores anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, even like like Guardians 1 is probably a 10 out of 10. And number 2, to me, is like a 9 out of 10. Maybe an 8.5. But like, I love them all. So Mm -hmm. I'm going into it already ready to love it. Um, Do you like this one more than the first? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I do too. I think this might be my favorite Guardians movie. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have to do I like agree. a re a rewatch because I'm seeing it again in about a week. Uh, and I'm definitely going to try to get in uh, Guardians 1 and 2 again before going to see it just to rip my heart out more. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was, that was just it. Yeah. 
I uh, I think, yeah, I, I think it comes down to the villain for me. Yes. Because I like Ego. I like Ego oh, better than 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 Ronan, the accuser from the first one. Yeah, Ronan was kind of. You know, Ego is better. And then I think mm-hmm. High Evolutionary is is the best. I was talking with some friends last night and I think the only, and this doesn't, this isn't just Marvel. I, I feel like as far as like superhero villains go, I can only think of one villain that I think is worse and therefore a better villain. Um, and, and I'm like so torn between which one I think is worse. It's, it's between the high evolutionary and the, and Kilgrave from the first season of Jessica Jones. Like, Oh, Kilgrave. I, I, think I thought you were going to say Killmonger, is... Monger, but Killgrave no, from oh, Jessica I mean, Jones, I yeah. No, yeah. I think Killgrave is one of the most terrifying villains I've ever seen, and I, I would put the High Evolutionary up there with him. Like, just the pure disregard for life. Yes. I mean, High Evolutionary... Despicable. Sorry, yeah. just really a despicable person. Mm-hmm. I would say the High Evolutionary would think that he has the most regard for life. Uh, yeah he he thinks he does and therefore has none like he has zero empathy he doesn't see like in the process of trying to build the perfect society he has lost all sense of humanity right right because a Uh, good person would not just oh incinerate them right uh the fact he was ready just to destroy a whole entire civilization that he spent decades building right. just because oh there's some people that are not perfect all right let's try again and like what what are you what are you talking about <laughs> it what's what's the quote that rocket says he says you don't want to make things better you just hate the way things are yeah you hate yeah. the way they are yeah something something like that yeah and that that struck a chord with me like that that was such a profound statement and it's i think more people need to hear that Mm-hmm. yeah uh i just watched last jedi uh yesterday uh again in in theaters um and uh there's a line from it that strikes me as something like that it's like you know something along the lines of like you don't win the war by fighting what you hate you win it by protecting those you love or something like that right like it's the mm-hmm. idea that like love should be the motivation not hate yeah it's not yeah. that you know the hate of imperfections is that's high evolutionary it's not like built from love right and it's you know obviously like we all aren't perfect and we all want to become better as a person and you know we're all still growing and of course when when we see others that we can pass information along to to help their along with their growth like that's something we all should do but without crossing a line (laughs) we we don't resort to essentially genocide we shouldn't resort to genocide unfortunately yeah i mean uh, yeah i feel like we could all agree no genocide i feel like no genocide all, we, that's bad it's bad it's quite the red flag i would say um yeah, yeah. like you're you're on a first <laughs> date you know <laughs> like there's there's wanting to better yourself and and see growth in the world around you and then there's just well we could just obliterate everything that's not good in my mind <laughs> Right, right, and uh, ugh, it's not too yeah. bad. The High Evolutionary is such a great villain, and it makes me wish. I think my only critique about High Evolutionary is I wish I saw more of 
him before all yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little, I would agree. you know, because he says he's a like fan of Earth. Mm-hmm. Right? He's a fan of Earth. That's what he says, right? Which is where he got all the animals. And that's like what he modeled Counter Earth over. In the comics, Herbert Wyndham is uh, uh, from Earth. And he evolved himself mm-hmm. on Earth, then went to space. Um, hmm. And that's why he's all about like Earth animals. But in this, he's just a fan of Earth. Yeah. Fan of the yeah. music, fan of the, the culture, but he wants to make it better, right? He's yeah, it's like, like he's a fan, but it's not good enough. And he's pretentious. I can make it better. Yeah, he is uh, that. But I wish I saw, like, I mean, is he an alien? I don't like, yeah. he's not from Earth, I, so I guess he's right. an alien, right? I, I agree. It would have been nice to have had some like build up with him almost in the way we've had with like Thanos or, or now we're building to Kang. Like there, there's something so specifically sadistic about his character. I almost wonder if he should have been like a bigger villain. Just, you know what I mean? But yeah. like ultimately like the guardians would still be the ones to have like taken him down because he's right. so specific to rocket. But yeah. He, he just, he's so sadistic. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> as we, as we see in this in movie, like the plot going forward, Adam Warlock comes in, he does his thing. The Guardians go on a mission to save Rocket. We see a lot of flashbacks. And a lot mm-hmm. of this movie hinges on Rocket, right? This is Rocket's story. This is, uh, we see it in the flashbacks. Even if Rocket is in a coma, half of the movie, three quarters of the movie, like we're still seeing him in those mm-hmm. flashbacks yeah. um how how'd you guys let, let's talk about rocket's story right um we see him from being a just a normal raccoon with essentially the hand of god reaching for him right and it pulls yeah. uh you know and then he operates on him this is something that like we all expected um yeah how did how did that make you guys feel kind of I think exactly how maybe the baby rocket felt at that point. It just felt very vulnerable in a very bad way. It was just, you're, mm-hmm. you're just seeing this. You you already know what this raccoon becomes like with, with the uh, robotics and with everything that's happening, that's happened with him thus far. And yeah. so just seeing him, I don't know, just see, just feel so scared and alone in that moment and then i think that was just it like just seeing that that hand come through is just so daunting and it really just kind of made you feel so small as well as just feeling for this this baby animal because he like he has no idea what's about to come we really don't have an idea what's about to come we just know what comes after uh Mm -hmm. so seeing that process of this trauma that's been alluded to for however many movies now, uh, it was just gut wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as I was sitting down to the theater, I had a friend who had just finished seeing it, text me a trigger warning about animal abuse. And I'm really glad she did. Yeah. Because I think it would have just been that much harder. Um, I mean, it, it's interesting because, you know, we, you know, we watch these movies where people die all the time, but there's something so much harder about watching animals because they're pure innocence. Um, and, and I would agree that the, that hand reaching in and 
something that stood out to me during that first scene where the hand is reaching for him is that there's all these other little baby raccoons. And as soon as he's approaching the cage, they all scurry to the back and turn away. And Rocket's the only one facing forward. And that struck me as like, you know, the, the, the first indication of just the kind of person that Rocket yeah. is going to end up becoming. But at the same time, he's just like this, he's a baby. You know, I was just at my parents' house playing with my cats and, you know, I'm looking at my cats now in a new way, like looking at them, like they're, they're just so innocent. And like, I can't imagine the type of person that would look at these animals and want to then tear them apart to somehow improve them. Like they're already perfect because they're so pure. Like they have, they've done, there's no wrong that they could do. Like they're, they're pure, they're innocent, they are perfect. Right. Um, I think, because I've been trying to like break down the symbolism, because there's a lot of symbolism in this movie. James yeah. Gunn, again, like he tackles everything from multiple angles. Yeah. Like in, in one sense, like something could just be cute. But then other times it's like, oh no, it stands for something. There is symbolism. What does it mean? And it makes me think, and I was thinking about how, like, yes, Rocket is the only person who, and with his normal animal mind, looks straight at God. A false God, yeah. right? But his God, nonetheless. Yeah. Everybody else is afraid of God, right? And I feel like in this sense, like, it, this whole movie hinges on Rocket being more capable than the, what the high evolutionary planned for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he's not just memorizing things there. That's that point where he's like, they're learning through rote memorization. They're intelligent, but they're not inventing things. They can't go right than what has already been planned. And that's kind of the thing about humanity and culture is like, you have to have that like inspiration, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Isaac Newton realizing what gravity is. Archimedes, I believe in the bathtub, um, with displacement. Um, but right. the point being is that like, you have to be able to go further than what you've already learned. Yeah. And that's yep. something that Rocket does. Uh, I think like Rocket faces God because he will eventually surpass it. Like, I think that you can't, yeah. you can't surpass mm-hmm. God until you look at him in the face and see him for the, the, mm-hmm. the thing he is, yeah. you know? Right. There was a lot of allusions to, religion yeah. in a way with this i mean the the scene at the end where where star lord is i mean i thought he was gone yeah and then we see Adam when he Warlock puffs up for him. i thought I was he was like, gone yeah he puffed up i'm like oh he's gone like you know i yeah. was like you know what that makes sense i i honestly if they had fully let him go i that would have made so much sense to me and i i would have been okay with that like i feel like that would have almost been like a natural ending to have like him be the one that goes but you know then and adam warlock reaches out for him and it's very much the sistine chapel right who's what is what did that scene mean those fingers i've been trying to break down in my head adam warlock is supposed to be adam in like in the comics like he's the the first of a new perfect line of right right but in the, like Peter's not God, 
No, well, so in the right. so the as far as the hands were as far as how they were placed is where my my art history right. classes come in handy. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember in the Sistine Chapel. I think it was God's on the right and he's higher. Is God on the right and reaching? At, and he, I, and I think it's Adam. Lower. Right. So I think Adam Warlock was supposed to be God, and then Peter was was Adam. Um. And I'm not sure what it means, but because, I mean, I would by no means argue that Adam Warlock is any kind of higher intelligence. No. <laughs> At all. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe it was just the whole symbolism of, like, you know, within the Sistine Chapel that that imagery is supposed to evoke that God is, like, saving humanity. He's gifting humanity life. And... You could, I guess, you could argue that in that scene, like it's it's Adam gifting Peter back life. You know, he's yeah. he's a goner without him, and now suddenly he's alive again because of him. So, yeah. and I don't know if it means more than that, but yeah, because like right before that is where uh, I think so. It was Groot that said it to Adam Warlock, but it was Drax that translated, saying that everybody deserves a second chance, and so. Yeah that a was Adam's uh, redemption arc, but at the same time, maybe it's just putting him in the position of, he has such a substantial amount of power. And he was really the only person at that given time that could have saved star Lord. Yeah. And so maybe that was it. Maybe it was just a passing off of, uh, I don't know, someone who was created to, being the creator of like a second chance, like giving Star Lord his second chance as well. Because yeah. I mean, to, to to Adam, this is the first near death experience that he has seen from Star Lord, and so maybe he, I don't know, just that spurt of the moment. Let me give him his second chance, as I was just giving my my me my second chance. Yeah, yeah. which kind of leads more again to the the creation aspect of it of you know the creation of Adam with with God and Adam and the finger touching yeah i could have said that so much better but you know what i mean like you know what yeah I mean? <laughs> <laughs> i mean you could also see it as adam is still adam but that is the creation of adam oh right by like that by saving peter this is the birth of adam the real adam because somebody had pointed uh, out that like uh, adam is layers. born adam is born in in this movie like he is let out of his cage, or his cocoon, just to fly over to nowhere. Like, yeah. he didn't exist before this point. Like, he was in the cocoon. Right. He was taken out early to go straight to Rocket. So, he's only been out of, like, he's been only been alive for, like, an hour. It reminds me of, um, of, of Connor and uh young justice how right. they open up his cocoon a little too early and the first thing he does is go on a rampage right right he, and he, doesn't he also know doesn't better. have like a lot of intelligence yet yeah and adam is not know quite better, the right? himbo <laughs> no adam doesn't right. know any better right. yeah, connor's not quite the himbo that adam is <laughs> right that's true and uh, what, what was the creature that adam what was it called the creature that adam basically adopted from his victim for lack of a better I just term kept calling it a dog but i know it's not a dog we'll call oh, it the yeah. dog it's like a tick dog looking yeah they call him blurp blurp, blurp. it yeah, reminds yeah. me of um 
Oh, what was the thing's name in Shang-Chi? The faceless thing with the wings? Morris. Morris, right? Morris. It reminds, it, he reminds me of Morris, except he has a face. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the but theme of like... In the same way. Yeah. On the theme of like creation, like we see Adam who has just been created. He's seeing the world for the first time. He's basically being taught on what he should be doing. But yet he sees this animal and he sees the innocence of it, even though he just killed the owner. Whereas the high evolutionary is seeing animals as test subjects and seeing them yeah. as just something that is, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, stepping stones. This, yes. Yes. Um, what'd you call it? Dispensable? Is that what you said? Dispensable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so maybe it's just like a theme of w when something is created or at like its first stage of life, it has such an innocence to it. And it basically learns bad behaviors. Like we, I don't think we're inherently bad by nature. I think that people yeah. are taught uh, bad behaviors and taught, you know, in the high evolutionaries standpoint, genocide. And so you're kind of seeing just like the stark contrast between someone who is, taking creation to an evil standpoint where somebody who is just you can learn lessons from someone who has not really experienced this world yet and they see yeah. the finer things in something that's so innocent and small yeah there uh i left the movie trying to figure out my thesis for this for this whole thing, right? <laughs> like you really was, could write a whole thesis on this yeah multiple right because there's multiple points yeah. that he tries to tries to convey right but mm -hmm. i think a big thing of i mean all these guardians movies in and of themselves are about this this team of broken people who are who they are because of these experiences good and bad mostly bad mm -hmm. and how like their experiences make them them but it also makes them miss things it makes them have holes in their in their hearts right um mm -hmm. whether they're good whether they're bad people you know it's up to interpretation but like they are that because of these experiences right and that you even when you can go back in time and change this bad experience in the case of gamora gamora coming back is supposed to be like well now we brought her back from the dead she's not the same because she's, she's thing, yeah. it's she's not the product of her experiences or she yeah. is a product mm -hmm. of experiences experiences that never happened so she's a yeah. different gamora people argue that like or people thought that like groot at the end of number one gets reincarnated as baby groot it's not a reincarnation it's a, he's a, it's a different, different groot. groot he's a, a, a his son let's just say you know yeah. he does if he doesn't have the same memories if he doesn't have the same experience he's a different person that yeah. we see it with gamora we see it with groot mm -hmm. and you know um like you you can't go back and change it right you can only move forward is kind of what this mm -hmm. thing shows you could kill the person who, who created you you can do all that stuff but at the end of the day like you have to find what works for you this movie was all about therapy this movie was all about <laughs> you have your 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 hurt that you've been going through how do you move forward and what's amazing is that nobody dies like none of the main you know characters die in this movie in fact they're dare i say reborn again through therapy they find what works for them moving yeah. forward and yeah. that's literally everybody goes off in their in their own way to feel better to become better yeah right i really appreciate that they didn't end up with 
Gamora and Peter just back together because it would have been really easy to have her like super soften and fall back in love with him but to your point she's not that person anymore and she hasn't been with that experiences and the and, and Peter getting the acceptance that she's not that person was so critical think about who we would be if you went back to like even five years ago are we different people? Yeah. Like there are lessons that I've yeah. learned in five years that I cannot give away, even though. Even you know, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. But like bad things may have happened, right? In those five years, right? In those two years. But mm-hmm. learning lessons, experiences like like five years ago, Dimitri, like he's okay. There's nothing bad, but also he's just a different person. It just yeah. is. Yeah you know um but like yeah that was like my 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 i guess my thesis of this movie is just like these broken people trying to fix themselves at least in the end yeah um were there were there uh, uh when it comes to the characters that are in this movie um what who like who was the standout character in this movie? rocket because it was Rocket's it, movie? It's interesting. It was Rocket's movie. And while there were like lots of flashbacks, you know, as you said, Rocket was actually not really in most of this movie. Even though we had his yeah. story, it was, we didn't right. have like present day Rocket for a lot of it. Um, yeah. I feel like Nebula was a bit of a standout character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw something happen with Drax that I loved. The, the I'm trying to remember who said it to him. I think it might have been Mantis that, you know, his purpose was to his purpose in life is to be a dad. And now he has an opportunity to be a Nebula dad again. Was it Nebula that said that? Yeah, okay. That Drax isn't meant to be a destroyer. It's Drax is meant to be a dad. Yeah. And, and that, that made me cry. Same. Oh, I saw the movie with my dad. I immediately looked at my dad and was smiling. I was like, like <laughs> that was so beautiful and then him surrounded by the children and seeing the joy that the children are bringing him when he's dancing that was such a beautiful moment yeah yeah it was such a different um because i agree with drax as well drax really stood out in this in this movie to me for the same reasons just because like you know he's kind of been this the comic relief and punching bag for so many guardians related projects now mm-hmm. uh but to kind of see him go totally opposite of where he was at the beginning of the first guardians movie where he his the first thing on his mind was revenge destroying not putting up with mm-hmm. xyz uh but now that his especially when the kids show up his total focus has has changed like he no yeah. longer has a sense of um wanting revenge that we can see like he just is looking forward as opposed to still looking back at what has happened right um it's interesting when you look at drax because as you said he's just a punching bag in the beginning i mean that first movie we're introduced and he's like this brutal person who wants revenge for the loss of literally everyone he's ever loved meanwhile at the same time like he's just a punchline for a lot of it Mm -hmm. which is such a weird way to look at a character it is especially one like him like i get like maybe i don't movie. get you know like i don't get it because it's like everybody in this movie has been through something bad 
but there's something so specifically traumatic about what he went through like he Mm -hmm. like the 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 survivor's guilt that he must have and you know I the especially the idea that you know as a man the way society kind of is like well men are the protectors and the fact that he wasn't able to protect his his family and and we just kind of spend so much of that movie just like laughing at him (laughs) yeah with Drax being with Drax uh... yeah being a comic relief yeah it's being more or less a punching bag meanwhile he he was forced to watch the the brutal murder of everyone he's ever loved and we spend that movie just joking about him yeah Yeah. we also with drax everybody wants revenge on thanos and that like drax does not get revenge like he doesn't get Thanos goes away Thanos does go away, but it's not. But it's Drax not Drax killing him by his no. hand, right? Like in the comics, no. there's a scene where Drax the Destroyer pushes his hand through Thanos and takes out his heart. And yeah. like, because that was Drax's purpose. Drax's purpose was to kill Thanos. Uh, but in the MCU, he doesn't get that. He doesn't get that. Is that yeah. catharsis? Would he have wanted that? I'm not sure. Would it have helped? I think it's almost better that it wasn't him. Because first of all, everybody has a claim for why they should be the one to take out Thanos. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of characters that like validly have that claim. But right. I almost would would Drax have been any better if he was the one to have taken out Thanos? Would that like if he had all because I mean you, I feel like we've seen that story before where this person is on a revenge journey and they finally kill the person that they have spent all of their time and focus on hunting down. And it's like, okay, now what, what did that, you know, do you actually have any relief? Like the, the people you loved are still gone. Yeah. So they could have honestly, would it have, would it have made a difference? Yeah. It could have honestly been like a setback for him in some ways, just because, yeah. Like it could have taken away that moving forward aspect of it because, uh, you know, within game, obviously Tony Stark takes the final hit on Thanos and everybody kind of gets their own sort of like go at him. Uh, and in mm-hmm. Infinity War, Gamora uh, in that alternate reality with the uh, reality stone kills him in that. Not really, but she made up her mind to do that because of what she right. has against him and like the greater idea. But yeah, you're right. Drax doesn't really get that kind of moment. And really thinking about it, it probably would have not done much of anything for his character. And that's so weird to say yeah. because of everything that Thanos had done to him specifically and his family. Yeah. I think it's a, just a good example that like that that Drax Drax's whole point isn't that to get revenge, it's to have his daughter back, right? Like yeah. yeah. It's to have his yeah. family back. That's right. that people in real life misunderstand like what actually fixes things, right? What actually could help? Is it getting revenge or is it finding some other way to love again? I feel like mm. Drax and um, what was Christian Bale's character in, in Thor's name? Gore? Yeah. I feel like Gore and Drax should have sat down and had a conversation. Right. Because they were people that, they both were people that lost their young daughter 
and as a result set out on revenge, but in a very different way. Yeah. They they, they see, both yeah. had revenge paths, but they they set out on very different paths towards revenge. Whereas Drax was focused on the singular person responsible. Mm-hmm. The difference was is like, family. well, my one god is dead, and he's the one. And but then you know what? I guess yeah, like Drax. Drax found Drax a family. Found, found a family with the Guardians, right? And I think that that makes a difference. That does make you a know. difference. But, but do you think that if, if Drax had ultimately gotten the opportunity and been the one to kill Thanos, and regardless of what that might have done for his character, would he then have gone on a rampage killing others the way that Gore did? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, he's already killing in the name of Guardians, right? Like he. Yeah, I mean, he is killing others, but it's not like... But it's not the same, whereas Gore, Gore is specifically like targeting... He's almost like a serial killer. Right. Gore has a much bigger thing going on, which is kill all the gods. Um, yeah. by the way, the guard Peter always says, like, like he like Drax is always like, all right, we're gonna kill this person. He's like, No, we don't, we're not gonna do that. But like Peter kills that one guy that he jumps right. out of the thing with. Like, are the do the guardians kill or the guardians just don't kill as oh, a person? You're right. That was that was dark. Okay, first of all, this movie was dark because there was a lot more death than I think we typically have right. seen. I mean, yeah. you could make an argument that Infinity War has the biggest death count with you know half the entire I don't count universe. It. I don't count that. Because it is death, but it's not death in the same way. Not in the same way. This movie has so much. I mean, we saw an entire planet explode. Like we saw this, like we were like looking at those poor, innocent animal people. Just like living their lives and then boom. And not to mention that like all the people that were injured in that first scene and and that one guy that with the computer brain thing. Yeah. Like that was dark. Just him in the water and then they just walk away. Yeah. I mean, he sucked. I I, I right. wasn't rooting for him to live per se, but it was dark. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I was also wondering as they skidded on him, I was like, is he is he strong? (laughs) Does he Yeah. And then it's just him in the water. I'm like, oh dead. Uh by the way, do you got have you guys watched Superstore? I literally just started watching it um yesterday. That's Mateo. I'm like three episodes. That's the actor who plays Mateo in Superstore. I see it now. Yeah, I've seen like ads for I the also, show, but I haven't seen yeah. the actual show. I started. I I think I've watched the first two or three episodes. I literally started it like yesterday. I love Superstore. Superstore, it's good. Yeah, I love sitcoms. Yeah. I also didn't realize that um, the the Ravager with the sparkly face is Michael Rosenbaum. I, I had no idea until yesterday, because I saw his name in the credits, and afterwards I'm like, who the heck? Like, I didn't <laughs> see Michael Rosenbaum. Who the heck did he play? Oh, he's the sparkly dude. So so interestingly enough. Like a lot of the people who have voiced people are people that we've seen before or whatnot. So the floating robot head that's with the Ravagers in Guardians 2 is voiced by Miley Cyrus. But I believe in this one, it's Tara Strong. I think it's Tara Strong. Oh. Um, I did see that Linda Cardellini, I think that's how you say her name. Yeah. Was yes. um, the voice of um, Lila. Yeah. And I think the motion capture for her, and you know, she previously played um, Hawkeye's wife. 
yeah, she's Hawkeye's wife. And then she voices right. Lila. And then there's an actress that pops up in a lot of James Gunn stuff. Her name's Michaela Hoover. Um, she, she was, was in the floor. She was floor. She was floor. You know? And then she um, was um, the collector's, like, assistant slave girl thing, right? No, she was one of the Nova Corps. Um, she was oh, the Nova Corps secretary. She's like Glenn oh, Close's okay. secretary in the in the first movie. Oh, okay. But she does a lot of uh, she's you know, and then Daniela Melchior, who is Ratcatcher in the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. is Ura, the per, the pink faced girl that like oh that, that they hold at the gunpoint. They hold the hostage. Yeah. Oh, I thought I recognized okay. her. And then of course there was the um the woman in like the control center for the whole weird optical thing. Which is that's uh, James Gunn's wife. Yeah. 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 Jennifer Holland or something like that. Yeah. I think it's her name. And then Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. I was I'm happy anytime I see that man. <laughs> <laughs> he was a dick in this though. He's he's so good. I he's so yeah. funny. You know that he just had so much fun with that role. Yeah. And uh, I feel like we're starting to see more and more of him collaborating with James Gunn, which I hope I hope that's true and that we're going to keep seeing. I know he was like in the Suicide Squad, but if they're just like rebooting, rebooting the whole DC universe, put put Nathan Fillion in something. I'm also curious to see how many of the Guardians are going to end up in DC and it's who. Because you know that that's probably going to happen. I don't think he's going to do everybody. Like, but they'll end up there as like small parts you know like little cameos but they're gonna end up in dc somehow i like it when their cameos aren't face cameos that's the thing like i don't yeah. want to be taken out like the nathan fillion thing takes me out like i understand it's funny i like it i'm not never completely complaining about it but like when you see that face like yeah. Daniela Melchior in the alien makeup, that's different. Like, you can barely... And she's not as big a name. But Nathan Fillion playing Nathan Fillion kind of, you know. It takes you out. I don't mind, like, the small... I don't mind if they're like that for, like, you know, minor characters. Especially, I mean, maybe I'm just making excuses because I like Nathan Fillion. (laughs) But... (laughs) Yeah. By the way, if anybody watches The Rookie, that season finale was dark. Oh, okay. I, I don't watch The Rookie. But... You should. It's great. It's a good show. Okay. All right. Um, Nathan Fillion was supposed to be Wonder Man. In So, like, basically, in Guardians oh. 2, they had made movie posters and things like that where... Because Wonder Man, Simon Williams, is a, an actor, and then he gets the powers. Mm. So... Uh, it was supposed to be that Nathan Fillion was Simon Williams, but they, I think they cut some of that, like that stuff out. Isn't Wonder, I, I, why do I feel like I remember hearing that Wonder Man? They're doing a new series. Cast. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing a new I, series and he's going to be, um, Yaya, Yaya Abdul uh, Mateen. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Yeah. I heard about that. I, I mean, that's going to be, I don't know what to expect from that, but you know. I didn't realize Nathan Fillion had originally been in talks for that character. Yeah. But I think that's I mean, why they cut it. I think they cut it because Marvel was like, oh, we got plans for him. So we got to cut that, like, those cameras. Yeah. Stuff. I can see how that, knowing next to nothing about the character of Wonder Man, like, except that he's, like, an actor turned superhero, I can see how Nathan Fillion would be amusing in a role like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, having seen him in like, you know, um like Captain Horrible uh, sing along blog. <laughs> <laughs> there there's that or um in Castle, just like the whole yeah. thing that he's like somebody famous now solving crimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see how that would be a fun role for him. Um we I'm trying to I'm trying to think of, a lot happens in this movie. It is so hard to keep track of everything that happens in this movie. There's the whole Orgo Corp thing mm-hmm. with the living mass like oh, the so like, gross. <laughs> it's not or it's not digital stuff. There it's all organic. Yeah. Matter. Yeah. I don't like that. And they laser into the fat when they laser into in the and skin then like... and then pieces of fat just kind of yeah was not a fan such a like no i was gonna say just it just kind of adds to the whole just like gruesome brutality of this of this movie like with with cutting dude's head open and then like seeing this these fat particles come out seeing somebody's fleshy face like with without skin on it like they really went heavy on hey we're gonna try to make as many people throw up as possible with some of the imagery yeah. this movie. <laughs> it makes me wonder is the orgo corp headquarters thing like it's clearly biological but is it alive like, i don't alive? think it's alive is it conscious like i don't think it is probably not but it's still like oh the whole yeah. point of Orgo Corp was like space law. Like Orgo Corp is within the confines of space law, right? But then high evolutionary, all his other experiments are outside of of that like right. legality. And he's using Orgo Corp as like a cover. To gain like just money. That's the capitalist Almost side, like- you know? Not to be the person that references DC, but that's what I obviously know best. It's like it almost sounds like Cadmus. Yeah, if yeah, if because Cadmus is on... like this, like this science lab. People know about Cadmus, but people don't realize necessarily. I mean, other than like some of the Justice League, they don't realize all the stuff. horrible genetic experiments. Yeah, that yeah. people are performing. <laughs> Because yeah. you know, once again, it's like all genetic experiments and like genomes and yeah, stuff that's very outside the bounds of ethics. Orgo Corp having like eyeballs instead of security cameras. Like the security cameras are mm-hmm. eyeballs. I don't like that. And just either. like pieces of hair, pieces of hair that are just like outside the skin yeah. of the mass. It was wild. Like some of the design yeah. on this on this movie is just. The detail. Yeah. Uh, when they're looking for files, it's like yeah. this, like, it's this system where you get this, like, right. blob of bio and then it was data. A ball. I'm like, what is this? What? <laughs> I, I, honestly, I was waiting for somebody, like, they were like, okay, so all the information's in here? Cool. I'm like, nobody's going, okay, what do I do with this? Because that would have <laughs> been my reaction. Like, okay, right. what am I supposed to do with this? Where's the HDMI cord? <laughs> is it Bluetooth? Yeah, do I need to charge it? What's going on? What, what, what am I supposed to do with this? It's a bottle of flesh. Like Nebula knew how to plug in, though. Like she, yeah, she's like, I know what in. to do. I'm like, you do? Where did Nebula get the new arm? Did we ever? I, I was wondering we... the same thing. I would that assume new arm did just a lot. because, yeah, I would assume that just because 
Rocket is a techie. I would assume that he just fashioned something together. I mean, you know, he has yeah. a fascination with arms. So uh, I'm sure that he probably has some scraps laying around or won it in a game of blackjack on the corner of nowhere. And Maybe he yeah. used, did she have that arm in um, the holiday special? She had a arm. I don't remember yeah. it doing as much. I know much. she had a arm, but I don't remember her having it. Did she doesn't she do have that arm, or like, did she like use? Because I mean, did Rocket got Bucky's arm for Christmas? Did he use yeah. parts of Bucky's arm to build her new arm? It was almost like a mix of Bucky's arm and like nanotechnology in a way. So, yeah. of course, everything's nanotechnology now in the in the MCU. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> um. Or like with, weird biotech. <laughs> with all the characters and, and everything. Oh, uh, did you guys like Cosmo? Oh my god, Cosmo Loved was Cosmo. hysterical. <laughs> Her entire plot was, I'm a good dog, take it back. <laughs> but it was funny. Yeah. Who who voiced Cosmo? Because I thought that was Tara Strong uh initially. It's oh, it's it's Maria Bakalova, who was I guess her big claim to fame is she's Borat's daughter in the yeah. new Borat movie. Cool. Never. You know who I'm talking about? She again she saw the ads. Borat's daughter, or she is Borat's. Um, she's not she's, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen's daughter, but she's Bor. She plays Borat's daughter in Borat too. Okay. I never she's, saw either Borat. <laughs> it's it's Borat's subsequent movie film. That's the second. That's the that's second the name movie. of the movie. Yeah. Well, the full title, I think it's uh, Borat's subsequent movie film, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Of course. Um, I'm going to point to that as one of the reasons I did not see that movie. This, this is quite the filmography for this person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From Borat's daughter to Cosmo the dog in Guardians Cosmo of the Galaxy. The yeah. It has telekinesis. Um, yeah. I... I this is it's uh and she's also going to be in Creature Commandos, which is James Gunn's oh. DC property. Oh yep. okay. And so James Gunn and that's for gonna DC, be an animated project. Yes and no. Like it is animated, but they've it's also animated, cast, but it'll work. They've cast the live the, the voice actors for the animated will also play live action versions yeah. of the creature commandos. Okay. If they need right. to. Yeah. So so they cast according to looks as well, right? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, and so that's that's yeah. So like that's the that's she's the voice of Cosmo. Um and like yeah, Cosmo uh um I I also I thought like the people of nowhere were gonna die when those creatures came in because they like mm. there was a lot of creatures there. I don't those get how disturbing. Yeah, but they didn't like I guess they all got took taken out. Like there was a lot that I mean, like went into that. I'm sure yeah. some of them died. I mean, yeah, you got to assume with that, with these movies that like when buildings are falling down, yeah, there are probably some casualties. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they realize they that they've already shown a lot of. <laughs> yeah, they've already shown a lot of gruesome stuff to a lot of people, and so just kind of kind of adding on to that it kind of makes it I, I think it was um whenever they were doing uh walking phoenix's joker and they talked about how jarring that one death scene is at the end whenever he kills um uh murray and 
how it's so jarring because you didn't see a lot of death within the movie itself. Whereas in a lot of like big superhero movies, you just see tons of it everywhere. And so I think maybe it was, yeah. And so I think maybe they wanted to deliberately, not deliberately, they just wanted the audience to focus on these specific gruesome scenes and these death scenes. And so just kind of adding to that fold with more casualties and nowhere would have kind of, made it repetitive at that point but i think it is definitely alluded to and kind of made us to believe okay there's definitely some casualties here yeah i mean i mean even going back to the very first avengers movie you you got to assume that chitauri got some people oh yeah they just don't they don't really talk about it they don't really show it you know the, the the focus is on the the battle between the avengers individually and and the chitauri but i mean there there's parts of buildings coming down whether there are people in the building that's coming down or underneath the building that's coming down, somebody's getting squished. I think that's like the where reality kind of plays into it, because, I mean, we're a generation that's so used to seeing just all out warfare on television. Yeah. We see buildings falling. We see all this stuff. And so I think that is more so of the audience is going to know because this is what they know as people dying. Like, this yeah. is what this means. Um, the Netflix, you know, like Daredevil talks about like the oh, fact that Daredevil. New York was, you know, part like ground zero of Chitauri and the Chitauri invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hawkeye kind of goes into it with, with Kate Bishop, right? In that like, yeah. beginning scene. Yeah. So like they touch on it, but, but that's the thing. That's what I like about the TV shows that I think the TV shows should do more of is tackle the minutia of the Marvel universe mm-hmm. instead of trying to be a trying to be a movie, a six hour movie. Right. It yeah. needs to tackle like like the people who What's died happened? in this one thing. The distrust yeah. of powered people. Like like I mean we saw that with you know? Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the the focus right. on all the people who have been displaced as a result of people coming back. Yeah. Right. I want more blip stuff, but I feel like they've passed over the blip stuff now. I know, but I want to know more about the blip so bad. Like what was I mean, we 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 got some of it with the displaced people, but I want to know more about like what was it like for regular people during right. the blip and then also yeah. post blip with you know, what what happened to the families, almost like the show manifest. Like what happened to the families where some of the fam, you know, uh, 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 the the husband was blipped, and the wife eventually learned to move past her grief and fall in love again and get married. And okay, but now her first husband is back. What do you do? Right. right. Um. Even if the Marvel, the MCU has gotten past it, uh, I want to shout out um a guest of the show, friend of of myself in the show. It's Steph Matarazzo. So Steph on TikTok and Instagram does dramatic scenes about people who have trauma from the blip. So she does, yeah, she does like, you know, you you get back with your, your, the person that you were with five years ago, but now they don't want to let you out of their sight. They're just like, they don't, they're Mm -hmm. afraid you're going to get blipped again. They're afraid Mm -hmm. of having that over again. So Steph does a really good job making dramatic scenes like it's easy like a lot of people do make funny scenes about like the blip and all that stuff but yeah. like he does a really good job at uh uh the the reality of the situation right you know um but maybe it's just up to 
up to TikTokers now. I think it is. I mean, it's on us. <laughs> yeah, we're the anthology of the MCU at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. I'm not going to pretend I'm good at writing stories, so I'm not <laughs> going to put that on me. But yeah, um, I let, let's let's finish this off by talking about the ending of, of Guardians and kind of where each character, you know, uh, 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 kind of leaves off. Um, oh, the heaven, the heaven scene. By the way, I thought Rocket was going to die. I thought yeah. he was actually going to die at that point where it was like, mm-hmm. like Nebula's like, he's gone. And Peter's like, I can't. So I thought the message was that Peter can't save everybody. Like you can't, yeah. but he does. Yeah. right? And I thought Rocket was going to die at that point. And I was like, oh, okay. This is just, and, and maybe Rocket would get his happy ending by being in heaven with his friends. The only friend, like yeah. the, not the only friends he's ever known, but the first only friends he's ever known. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought that were... that was his happy ending. Show heaven exists. Show that he gets a happy ending in heaven. That hurt. It hurts. Yeah. Like it did. It hurt. And that Lila does the nose thing with him. Ah. Uh, yeah. The and, moment that uh, Lila. Sorry. The moment that Lila, like he was going, and she just puts her hand out and it says, "But not yet." Not yet. I, yeah. uh, I was sitting like in between like children in the theater, and I'm just like. Okay, it's all right. It's all right. Don't don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> so they it do, was just such a. They do a boom or something. There's this jerk that they do with sound when he gets pulled back to his body. Yeah. Yeah. And it it like this movie out of I think all the Marvel movies, this movie made me cry the most, and I couldn't breathe. I had I had trouble, like breathing as I was crying because pretty much from that like. From them dying, then we see the heaven scene, then the whole end where it's like bittersweet stuff, it's just me crying the whole time. And I'm just like, ah, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I thought Lila was going to live. I, I wasn't sure I... about Floor and Teefs because I knew that there Rocket gets out of there thought... somehow. Yeah. I just thought that she lives. I thought she gets out with him. I, I was almost waiting for, like, you know, we saw that her get shot and go down, but, like, did she somehow actually end up surviving that and then he was going to find her again? And Yeah, I, yeah. I part of me thought she was somehow going to survive it, too. Yeah, when they started Once... showing that planet with all of the other, like, the ones he was basically using as soldiers, like the, the, the war pig, uh, yeah. I thought that there was going to be a moment where she was going to step out somewhere. Like, maybe she was going to oh. be like recruited as a part of it and be this i don't know like almost be almost kind of be like the gamora version of like what is on this planet you know what i mean where she kind of yeah. has this new attitude new angst about her and uh then she sees rocket and then we kind of see the thing that peter was hoping for with gamora but now that rocket sees this person he actually gets that instead of peter getting this yeah. person back yeah yeah i I started freaking out when, because I thought that 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 hugging scene was in the present, and when I found out it was the flashback, I was like, no, 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 no. Once that connected in my head, I was like, I, that was my saving grace the whole time. I was like, they yeah. get reunited. That's a reuniting. Scene. Yeah. And it wasn't. I. It was just them being out. able to hug for the first time. Being out of the cage, right? Yeah. Uh. That whole thing kills me. 
It just it, yeah. it hurts. Mm-hmm. I know the dog pain as he screams. Yeah, I know the dog doesn't die in this movie, but I feel like with all of the animal deaths and torture, this this movie should be on. Uh, does the dog die? Dunk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the answer would be no, but other animals. Because <laughs> of it, it leads us to the end where they they there's all the kids right they have to save the kids mm-hmm. and yeah. we think that that's 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 what we got to do we just got we got to save the kids yep. and then rocket finds the baby. more animals and, and I then he finds the raccoons i i couldn't tell where it was going at any step of the way i thought rocket was just going to walk away i think i thought rocket was just not going to be able to save any of the animals and then he oh, takes the raccoons well, once he saw sees the raccoons, I thought I knew who was going to save the raccoons. Yeah. But then I thought he was only going to save the raccoons. Like, at what point does the clock, like, mm-hmm. tick down, right? Like, yeah. where he just can't save everyone. And yeah. then High Evolutionary shows up. And I'm like, how is Rocket going to fight with a bunch of raccoons on himself? He saves every single, like, the one that drops, he picks up. He yeah. saves him. There's and then like High a, Evolutionary like comes 50 up. 50 little babies all over him. <laughs> And uh, he, this whole time he's been saying he's not a raccoon. He's not a raccoon, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he, and sees he just the didn't thing. realize. I think it was a denial, right? Like uh, he yeah. knows that raccoons exist. He says, "What's a raccoon? I'm not a raccoon." Yeah, but he is. But like seeing the babies, it all of a sudden took him back to that moment when he was chosen and. It was like that acceptance of like this is what I am, and these are yeah, these are innocents just like me. I have to save them. Yeah, just because yeah. he's very highly sensitive to being called because he gets called vermin at some point. He gets called every yeah, animal rodent. This. Yeah, and so I think he just has this idea of I'm not an animal because animals are treated this way, and I don't want to be treated this way anymore. And yeah, yeah, and so when he finally sees that, it's like oh, I am an animal. I need to accept this. And it kind of goes back to how he was the one to face God because it wasn't any sort of animatronic added to him that did that. It was just him that did that. And so, and and Mm -hmm. whenever they say the line, whenever all the animals are coming aboard and they're like, oh, we were only supposed to grab the higher life forms. And it's like, there they are. Like they are. So Mm -hmm. this movie does something that makes, makes things make sense earlier. Rocket being told he's not good enough by the high evolutionary to go to this new earth. None of them are good enough. They're not evolved yeah. enough. They're not perfect enough. And then him always being called less than throughout all the guardians movies. Yeah. Not being treated as an equal, as a, as a proper life form. It make, it all kind of comes together. And when, when Lila says the story has always been about you, you just didn't know it. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously, like, so much of this movie was the Guardians fighting to save group, or Rocket, but then, but after they saved him, it was all about his fight to save everyone else. Not just the higher life forms, right? Not just yeah. the higher life forms, the, the, the animals, the innocents. I mean, obviously the, the children were innocent too, but their animals are arguably more innocent because they yeah they don't have 
that higher level of thinking. We, we deal with that with Mantis and the Abolists. The return of the Abolists, right? Those mm. big creatures. Yeah. That she's like, they don't eat people. They eat batteries. Right. I, 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 when they saw, when I, because it has been a minute since I saw the, the second one. And when they first showed the monsters, I'm like, why would I see this? And then she said the batteries. I was like, oh, that's right. I had totally forgotten that they were the same monsters. Yeah. They don't eat people. The only time they eat a person is when Drax jumps into them. <laughs> right. And all they wanted was their batteries. Yeah. They were just a little hungry. They're just, they're animals also, right? They're innocent animals being used as, mm-hmm. you know, tools, right? Um, right. And they take down the high evolutionary pretty easy altogether, you know? And like, that was cool. We didn't need a long, drawn-out fight where he's the no. most powerful person in the world, right? Yeah. It was time for him to just go down. Yeah, everyone and got their peel lick off his face. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they showed when they showed the flashback where he scratches the heck out of out of the High Evolutionary, as soon as they then started showing the modern day scenes again, I'm like looking on his face like where are the scratches where are the scars and then they pulled off the mask i'm like oh damn yeah like (laughs) the high of like um uh the actor is uh 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 chuck woody uwuji he he was in um peacemaker Peacemaker. yeah he is so good because at some points i think he's being nice but then he grabs rocket's head and he just, I hate I hate him so much. The actor, yep. amazing. But I hate, yeah. and then you notice the scene where he goes to Aisha, which is um, Adam Warlock's mom, mom right. and he puts the, the, the assistant puts the crate so that High Evolutionary can stand above her. Did you guys right. see that part? Yeah, I yeah. caught that. Yeah. You know? Uh, it was interesting to see Aisha in that, position having seen her in the first movie as like she's the high priestess of this heavily highly advanced society and they're beautiful and perfect and gold and sparkly and look at their technology and only to find out they were just created and they aren't even perfect enough yet they're they're dumb right or they're not smart enough yeah explains their actions in volume two yeah you know um Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things in this movie that just tie in with the previous movies. Yeah, I like the callbacks. Yeah, it works. Uh, it works really well. Um, so Rocket saves the animals. Rocket is. What is he? What? What? How does it end with Rocket? Is he a he's guardian? The, oh, he's a guardian. He's the leader. Yeah. Of the, he's the leader of the guardians. He's the new captain. Yeah. There's the new guardians and. Uh, it's him, Groot, Craglin, one of the little girls, Cosmo and Adam and, Warlock. And Cosmo. Adam. Adam Warlock. And Adam. And one of the girls, we don't see a hint of her powers in in the movie. And I don't know how long it takes, like what how long is the post-credit afterwards, but that's people have been saying that's Philavel. So right, Phyla, I saw that. Philavel is a character in the comics who, I mean, she's supposed to be a full-grown woman, 
and then this is just a a kid version of her um but like i believe she's the daughter of marvell mm-hmm. yeah she's That's the daughter of marvell okay and so which makes me wonder are we gonna see her in the marvels because I, mean, I was the thing i was reading is that she went she at some point in the comics is captain marvel yeah she she does take on the name captain marvel at some point a lot of people have right yeah but so would we see her i don't know yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to look at she's an artificially created offspring of marvel but marvel doesn't really exist in the mcu so it's a little bit different but well there's like a there's um the like a gender Mar-Vell. bent version of marvel yeah but so, i mean they they change the relationships though with a lot of these characters yeah. in the MCU. this could just be so. no relation but but it's it's energy powers and flight yeah right but a lot of characters have that now now you know in the mcu yeah energy projection kind of general energy it's yeah you know um but which is interesting there's only so many powers out there yeah uh i mean that's that's an interesting thing but yeah that final guardians lineup yeah rocket leads the guardians to kill a bunch of animals at the end i I didn't i didn't that's the part that that kind of confused me is that just a stampede of animals that cannot be reasoned with stopped possibly or is it a horde of art like it's an army of aliens i don't know but it's like they're they're but they say something specifically about like we're the only thing between like them and like these innocent townspeople right so it has to be an army as opposed to a stampede of like i don't feel like the movie ends on them slaughtering a bunch of stampeding animals yeah. Right, because then that because then they're just animals being animals. So like it has to be some sort of army that's like sentient. That yeah. Because after everything yeah. we just went through with that movie, Rocket is not about to slaughter a stampede of like animals just doing what they do. Right, exactly. <laughs> like it's like you know. in you know in the Lion King, like there's the stampede that ultimately kills Mufasa, but they weren't setting out to kill him. They no. were just being buffalo they were running from the hyenas right they were like running on their instinct because they thought their lives were in danger they were just running they were just stampeding they they were just doing what animals do like they weren't responsible right so it had to have been something underlying just because the whole theme of the movie is to protect the innocent and so yeah to to send these things out for no reason unless they were sent by something else um yeah like directly sent not like a, a hyena situation where they're just running from something else like they had to right yeah a job to do yeah quote-unquote job to do yeah do you guys like the final guardians lineup yeah would yeah. you guys watch a movie with that lineup a thousand percent uh yeah i would as, as long as rocket and Groot are there i'm gonna see it <laughs> yeah i, I think it's like, one yeah. I think it's one that just makes sense. You know, you have like this, you have Adam who's getting a second chance. You have this, uh, I forget what her, her name is, but the little girl who is just Viola. kind of, at least that's yeah. what we, we assume Assumed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have her who's just coming up. You have Rocket and Groot who are both these well-seasoned, experienced fighters. And even with, um, 
is it Craglin? I keep forgetting his yeah. name. Yeah, Craglin. Uh, with Craglin, who is kind of just coming into his own with this. And so it's not entirely square one with how they had the, the first guard set of guardians, but it, it, in their respect, it is their sort of square one and new beginning into what is to come with them. And so I don't know, like yeah. that, that imagery of them all being in suits really made me excited for what the future could hold for the guardians of the galaxy. And if it even is going to be called, I mean, it technically is going to be called that, but are we going to see a standalone movie with just this team uh themselves maybe not at least not for a while or, i think it would peter, be a long time peter would come back right yeah because i mean that's yeah, what he said I mean, is that star lord will come they, back yeah at some point we yeah at know, some point right yeah secret wars <laughs> that's yeah i feel like yeah. getting the band back together is going to be a big thing in big yeah. crossover events right yeah and the band is a lot bigger now Yes. I mean, we have been said, uh, I think James Gunn said that, like, this is the last time we'll see this lineup of the Guardians, but yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, we're just not getting more Guardians. I I would love for Drax to never fight again. Yeah. And just, I just want him to be a dad and raise his hundreds of new children. Right. He has so many children that are technically smarter than him, but, like, <laughs> Yeah, that's just the way life is, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like the um, Phil Dunphy for anybody who's seen Modern Family. The Phil Dunphy. Of have I seen Modern now. Family? <laughs> it's, it's my favorite show. Of it's all such time. a good freaking show. Um, but yeah, like he just gets to be like that, the Hugh Neutron, the Phil Dunphy, just the goofy, yeah. lovable dad. Like, like, I love Phil so much. He's my favorite character. <laughs> um. These characters get their version of a happy ending, right? We would all yeah. think yeah. that like a happy ending means the team stays together. They just become more powerful. Yeah. Though there are fans out there that have to be like, no, a happy ending is you just level up. Like people, fans, there's a brand of fans in any fandom that they're all about power scaling. They're all about like, yeah. just like pitting people against each other and leveling up. And it's like, it isn't Dragon Ball Z. The, a purpose a person's goal in life is not just to be leveling up yeah you know right it's to find new I beginnings did, and to do what they i have to do. seen i've seen at least one person comment i don't even know where i saw somebody was like on something related to the movie was like well this is the worst guardians and like it was clearly so tossed together did they even have a plot i'm like i don't know what you were watching but <laughs> i think you need to go back to the theater they might have been playing the wrong movie <laughs> I, I think that there are fans out there that uh, are lack self-awareness, yep. that yeah. they lack media literacy, yeah. and that probably also, and it's not a dig to them because everybody needs therapy, but they right. should think about getting therapy because- Everybody should get therapy. I mean, obviously, right. like, I don't expect this to be everybody's favorite MCU movie. It's not even my favorite MCU movie. I don't expect yeah. it to be everybody's favorite Guardians movie. Not everybody is going to think it's the best movie ever, but- there are some people like there are people who are going to have like their valid reasons for like you know what i understand why everyone else did but what just wasn't for me because of x y and z and then there's going to be people who are, blah 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 something there's women in it <laughs> <laughs> you know yada 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 woke 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 yada yada yeah right. there's too many girls therefore fake wokeness go woke go broke <laughs> <laughs> uh 
do you do you guys like like I uh another thing that just made me cry was the Star Lord's ending. Uh seeing his Yeah, that was beautiful. Seeing his seeing his grandpa for the first time since he left. Yeah. And uh <laughs> but having a mundane existence in the post credit scene. Yeah, they're just like <laughs> eating cereal and there's like the newspaper article that says um Oh God! What did the newspaper article say? Kevin Bacon abducted by aliens. Oh tell yeah, or something or not. Oh, Kevin is that what Bacon I saw? The yeah, alien abduction part. I didn't see Kevin Bacon. That's I said hilarious. Kevin Bacon alien abduction tell all. Yeah, and they're That's just like so eating funny. cereal. And, and he's like, normal. I don't want to mow his her grass while her forty-five-year-old son watches or whatever. He's right. or like he's able-bodied. It's just the most mundane of conversations. Yeah. You know what just occurred to me? The entire plot of the second movie is, you know, the, the big reveal that he's actually not fully human. He's half like planet God and actually has these insane powers. We never, ever see him use those again. Didn't Supposedly they die the with powers... ego? Yeah. Okay. That's what's meant to be. Oh, okay. Uh, that just, when I, ego I... dies, he, he loses powers. That being said, he might have a okay, base set of sense. powers. He might have a base set of powers that, yeah. like, extra durability, you know. Yeah, yeah. or, like, you know, oh, he just doesn't use them because he made it this far without them and he doesn't want to be his dad. Right. Right. You know. Um, but, but that like, was just, like, a random thought that just popped into my head. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. But it's almost uh, like this ending is what Star-Lord has been longing for, you know? Like, I think he just kind of wanted to sit down at his kitchen table and eat cereal talking to his somebody talking to his family yeah. and this is i mean he's been in space for 40 years now i guess however old he's not 40 he be. said wait he said he's not he said i'm he's not, not 50. 50 i'm not 50, I'm not 50. Yeah. so we'll say 35 probably um yeah. so how old is he in real life i'm gonna look that up. I I keep think he's definitely in his 40s yeah chris pratt i think is 44 or I would something say like that he's i would argue he's in his yeah. 43 okay yeah that makes sense but for him to be so offended by I'm not 50 is like, okay, I so I like, think Star-Lord is supposed to probably be in his 30s. I don't Maybe. believe he's in his 30s. Mm. You don't think so? I don't think he looks like he's in his 30s. That's fair. I think he reasonably looks like he's in his 40s. That's not a bad thing, but he reasonably no, not at looks all. like he's in his 40s. Yeah. Zoe Saldana uh, uh, is He doesn't 44. look like he could be... He, he does not look like he would be in his... like like late 30s at the absolute youngest but even right. that i wouldn't buy like he does not look like he would be within 10 years of me yeah i think i was going off the the early 2000s high schooler look like oh they look like they're 30 so yeah yeah so must be 30. i mean karen right, gillen yeah. is one of the youngest karen gillen is 35 is okay karen gillen's david bautista is 54 yeah i believe that yeah that makes sense palm palm clementif is 37 really Hmm. yeah she looks um, younger and then the other voices the voices don't count the voices don't count are you trying to tell me that vin diesel is not a teenager yeah well now no. he's not teen group anymore well oh did you guys like his upgrade his like crack like king group looking thing oh the the kaiju no well there's the kaiju but then at the end the post credit oh scene, yeah he's a Oh, you're right. He does. He's also aged I, he a depressing. little bit more. That's why yeah. I'm trying yeah. to like. There has to be a time jump there. It, it 
definitely surprised me. I feel like he was still almost like a teenager in this, but like, see, I, I looked at it as like Infinity War Groot is like early teenager, borderline preteen. Yeah. Like 12, 13. Yeah. yeah. And then this would be like 17, 18. And he's like Holiday Jack, like a special. player. Holiday special group also looked different than this group. So they're But it was like not much different, just a smidge. He was still mm. pretty jacked in that. Yeah. It's like high school football player. Yeah, I would say like like, like, go, like yeah. yeah, late teens. I would say like late teens versus like the last time we yeah. saw him in Infinity War was was like early teens. But the post credits this post credits one oh, was massive. Yeah. Like, you know? Like, um, this guy has a mortgage. <laughs> like, it almost makes me wonder, like, how old is the... Like, when we first see Groot, how old is he supposed to be there? He's also built different, right? Like He's, he's built just, completely different. Like, he's much... Skinnier. He's, like, sinew... Yeah, he's skinnier. He's sinewy. He's not... It's like he went from basketball up. player to football player. Yeah. Yeah. But that's... It's because it's his son. It's not Yeah. Him. You True. know, right? It's not him, but it's like I—I I don't know. I guess I just made the assumption that he would eventually grow to look like him because of, they like like he came from him, and so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I assumed he would be like a clone. But he's yeah. If he I don't grew know. from his splinters. Yeah, yeah. I what uh... really. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no no! What were you gonna say? I was gonna say what also struck me about Groot is not only like you know his size difference, but his huge um i guess for him jump in vocabulary just all of a sudden just uh yeah. saying i love you guys wait okay. a minute wait i, I want to talk about that I, saw. I have a theory too okay. uh caitlin i want to hear your theory i did want to talk right. about this on this episode i don't want to What's take your credit but i don't remember i don't want to take full credit i think I, I saw it in a comment on tiktok i don't know who said it but somebody said that it wasn't necessarily like the theory is that it wasn't that he said, I love you guys. It's that we have finally learned understood, spent enough time with him to <laughs> that's what that was my yes. reaction. Yes, like now we understand him. He oh. it's not that he he's still saying I am group, but we now understand what he actually means when he says it. Yes, yes, huh. exactly. I like that. I'm yeah, I, saw I don't that care what they like, even say, yep. that's it for me. I don't care that's if they the come out disproving it, that's it. We are group. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Gamora is surprised when she understands Groot at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a pheromone thing. I think it's you spend enough time with Groot, you understand him by the way. I, I'm talking up to plant pheromones, but like you or, spend enough time, you, you understand Groot him. language class like Thor did. <laughs> it was an elective. Oh. I guess that's <laughs> yeah, right. But like, you spend enough time with Groot, you understand him, and you don't even notice. That's why, like, yeah. Gamora was like, "Uh huh, what?" That's mm-hmm. why we didn't we didn't have to take the Groot class to understand him. It's just right. that I'm ch- we now I'm have spent three whole movies and then some other stuff with him. We finally checked in. We finally know now. I'm trying to remember because I have to go back and rewatch the first. In the first movie, obviously Rocket and Groot are already a team, so Rocket understands him. Do the others understand Groot the first time we're seeing him, or does it take some time for them to like pick up on what he's saying? I don't think, I think they maybe do. It, yeah, until maybe the second movie, right? All right, 
that's another reason I have to rewatch. Because that's the first time even the audience as mainstream pop culture have been introduced to Groot. Like the fact Mm -hmm. that Groot is a household name now is a testament to the MCU. Oh, absolutely. He was Everybody knows Groot. But it's so funny because he was not a major character in the comics ever. Like he was just this weird side character that was in comics. And now he's a household name. Everybody loves Groot. Everybody, I, I, we just did a, um, an art gallery at my company. Like they just want to encourage everybody to be artistic outside of just like our job. And, uh, the theme was trees and leaves. So I, of course, did Groot. <laughs> As you should. And ev- yeah. I, I've been getting so many compliments at the office on it. Everybody That's loves Because awesome. everybody loves Groot. Can we see um, it or? Um, I don't have it here. It's on my Instagram okay. if you like scroll down okay, just cool. a little. Yeah. Um, as we close this up, where do we want to see the MCU go with these characters? Where do we think they're going to go? Are we going to get another Guardians movie? I don't think it's going to be James Gunn, but I think that if they bring in another director to do the new Guardians, let's just say, mm-hmm. yeah, it needs to be somebody with the same sensibilities and mm-hmm. comedic timing, yeah. yeah, which means either bringing in Taika because maybe this might be more of something that Taika may benefit better from being on Guardians than he does on Thor. Um, Mm. Or bringing in a a new director that can can do this sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. I think it needs to be a similar director, but also one that can... Bring their own... Yes. Something... Yeah, because I we've seen they are playful. I think they should have that root still. I think they should be grounded in the sense of having that playful nature with them. But at the same time, they've been through a lot at this point, like individually together. And yes, this is a new team, but I think to kind of keep it fresh and to kind of keep it from being compared to previous Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it kind of does need to have its roots, but also not go completely serious, but just kind of have a different vibe all altogether. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw out some crazy things about what if Chris Pratt directed it? What if Dave Bautista directed it? Dave Bautista is a very, like he is smart. Like he's pretty smart. Like he, he is yeah. very talented. Yeah, He's talented. He pushes himself artistically. Like he, he's the one wrestler him yep. i mean and john cena is really good too but like yes. who came from pro wrestling that like is way more than that right i yes. feel like i feel like when dave bautista first kind of but i mean my first exposure to him was the guardians mm-hmm. and and i think that was the same for a lot of people and i think a lot of people probably and i'll admit i was part of this like i pro- i kind of assumed that he was yet another wrestler trying to be dwayne johnson yeah and have an acting career and like with with Drax is the only thing I had seen him in like yeah his character was funny but it wasn't like it was we hadn't spent a ton of time with the character and it's like okay like can he just play this one dumb funny character or what else and then we and then I started seeing him in all these other projects and oh my god he's fantastic yeah he's so talented yeah and I'm yeah. glad that more and more people are casting him in projects because he's he's a delight. Yes. He said it himself he wants to 
he wants to be more of an artist. Like he doesn't want to be assigned to yeah. these flashy projects. And like as somebody who's been mm -hmm. like I've been an avid wrestling fan like my whole life. And so seeing him wrestle and then kind of go into this was like, what are you trying to be like the rock? You're trying to do this. Right. But like just seeing how he's really coming to his own in all of this, like starting with the Guardians, but after seeing him not him and knock at the cabin, it just totally oh, flipped yeah. my opinion of of for, his, for me it um, was um yeah. Blade Runner, uh, the Blade Runner sequel. I heard, like, I, I never saw oh, the Blade right. Runner sequel, but I heard good. that was an amazing thing for him. Like, yeah, he was very good in that. Um, I mean, just as recently as um, Glass Onion. Yeah, I thought yeah. he oh, was yeah. so good. In, first of all, Glass Onion was fantastic, but I mean, yeah, he was still like this big, jacked up guy. But there was there he. I feel like that was such a different role for him as far mm -hmm. as the personality of the character like Drax yeah he's this big jacked up guy but he's like a caring person yeah, yeah. whereas this guy was just like and uh I thought he was very good in that and uh that, the more I see of him the more talented I really is I, would, he is. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they kept it in the family is what I'm trying to say if they do a new Guardians movie right yeah if but I thought it's not James Gunn he doesn't, but I thought Dave Batista has said Maybe maybe I heard it wrong, or maybe his right. opinion has changed. But I feel like I've seen him say that he doesn't want to work. Like he likes working with the Guardians and and James Gunn, but he doesn't necessarily want to work with Marvel and Disney anymore. That he's had some negative experiences in regards yeah. to that. I heard that, but I so also I don't think know that like things he... could be change. Things could change. First thing in time, yeah. things can change. Yeah, and yeah. also like when you when you give if you give someone the power, like for yeah, example, if another he's the director. Yeah, another left-wing choice that I think could also bring Dave Bautista back, though I don't want to actually see Dave Bautista come back. That's why I'm saying if you gave him director role, Drax doesn't have to be in it. Like, or Drax right, could yeah. just be teaching, teaching catch to some yeah. kids. And then like yeah. that's all you see. You yeah, know? it's like a little scene. A little cameo. Yeah. They like uh, go to visit for like Christmas. <laughs> what if what if Ryan Johnson did a new Guardians movie? Ooh, oh. Ooh. Ooh. He has history with Marvel or with Star Wars, so Disney through Star Wars. True, and uh, and I don't know. care if people say that was not as bad as people like to say it was. No, oh, I watched Jedi it. I watched it again. Yeah, it's I watched great. it again last night. It's great. Yeah, you were saying. I, the I problem like is Jedi. Rise of Skywalker not picking up what yep. the Last Jedi dropped. It was yeah. a handoff, and they fumbled it. That's yep. the problem. Yeah, I you know? I I watched. I watched The Force Awakens on Star Wars Day because that's my favorite Star Wars movie. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't love the pre the sequels as a whole, mostly because I watched The Force Awakens and it's like, I love it so much. And then it's like, ah, oh, what could have been like, it yeah. set up so much that the, the Rise of Skywalker that just didn't no. follow through on. Um, but, but yeah, anyway. there, there, yeah, there, there are, you know, there are ways that they can continue with the Guardians series or the Guardians series just could be over or these yeah. characters can go appear in other cosmic movies. Yeah, I would. We, I would we have a good amount of cosmic movies now. Yeah, I would definitely. I, I, If we get another Guardians movie, it's not going to be for a very long time and it's mm. never going to be the same lineup. Yeah, no. However, I do think we will see at least the new iteration of the Guardians 
at the very least by the next Avengers, but in, in the next Avengers movie or like the next Avengers, like two-parter. Yeah. Whether we Which see is, them in the uh, first one or the second. Because there's Dynasty. what? There's, there's King, King Dynasty, Dynasty and, then... and then Secret Wars. Right. So I, I can almost guarantee we're going to see the new iteration of the Guardians in at least one of those. Yeah. yeah. And Star-Lord will come back for that one. I think that's going to Absolutely. Be, you know. Absolutely. I don't know if we'll ever see Gamora again. She's off doing her thing with the Ravagers. Yeah. Drax unless, is unless we see a Ravagers spinoff. Being a dad. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we, we might get a, who knows, we, they might do a Disney Plus show. Here's sure. the thing also with a Ravagers spinoff. Michelle Yeoh is in the Ravagers. Not in this movie, but at the end of right. movie two. She is a Ravager. She's, she's a Ravager. Ravager captain, but then she's also Shang-Chi's aunt. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> she's you know also shown she's on. Hey, if Hawkeye's wife can be an otter, too. then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Gemma Chan can be both Minerva and um, Cersei. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys have any final thoughts about about Guardians uh, Guardians Volume Three? Other you than know, I cried way too much. Yeah. It was just, it was just great. Like it was so, it was so, so much, and yet it stayed so grounded at the same time. Like it yeah. really, and kind of going back to the trilogies or the sagas of the of the Marvel universe. It, you know, it's one of I think one other one because Iron Man didn't really have to rely on this at the same time. Where No Way Home and Civil War, those are the third movies in those respective uh, trilogies. They kind of they didn't rely on it, but they had a lot of just other characters kind of putting their two cents into this like you have you know mm-hmm. a lot of nostalgia with no way home you have essentially an avengers movie with civil war but this right. one just stayed true to its team it did not pull from any other sort of realm it just stayed yeah true to it and i think there's a lot of respect there with it and i think it james gunn as a director and writer just wanted to have that sort of uh final seal and respect to his project that he that he created and built up and it now has this huge legacy within marvel movies and like you said at the very beginning where you know before like it wasn't a very popular sort of like comic line it was it was something that was there and then whenever you heard there was going to be a movie about it it's like huh and so to go from that to where we're at now is just astounding and in so many ways this yeah. has been an era. Yeah. Yeah. You know? This is, I, I think, years from, decades from now when, um, you know, our kids are watching old movies the way we watch movies from, like, the 70s and 80s. You know, obviously people are going to be watching the MCU, but the Guardians are definitely going to be a standout of the overall franchise for people. Yeah. Yeah. Did they yeah. almost start the, like the nostalgia trip that we're on now you know like where it had like the older music and now with stranger things brought a lot of nostalgia there do you yeah. think was guardians like kind of the first step in this I think direction guardians, i think guardians was before stranger things i feel like right. stranger things was 2016 and guardians was 2014 yes yeah so like just i don't know just the trip of i don't know just I mean, like I'm the whole generation the train <laughs> yeah like a whole generation now is in like this nostalgia trip of oh i love this old music yeah. i love this old game i love this old xyz i mean i think part of that comes from you know as millennials the world is chaos 
And like, we are growing up in a time unlike any generation before us. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, you know, there are there are the generations that lived through World War Two and those were horrific times. We're and we're going through a different type of horrific time, but it's yeah. It's it's such a specific time, especially now that like we have access to this mass amount of communication mm-hmm. that our prior generations didn't have that true. It's all it almost I, I almost think the big spike in nostalgia is us reaching back to like simpler times whether it was times before us or like the time when we were a child and that stuff didn't affect us yeah nice you know it, yeah taking it going back to that time of innocence yeah which relates yeah, back the time to when, what this movie was about right exactly like i mean i constantly find myself watching lately i've been very much in a, a kick of watching some of my old favorite movies from when I was a kid or movies that came out when I was a kid, like old mm-hmm. rom-coms that I didn't necessarily watch as a kid, but they were released in like 2003 and watching those movies just brings me back to 2003 and yeah. it just feels simpler and less chaotic. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that you guys have been here to be able to talk about this movie. Um, Cause again, we can keep talking about this movie. But truth be told, there's going to be another Marvel movie, another Marvel yeah. movie coming out and, you know, everything else. But like Guardians is something special. And I'm yeah. glad that like we it's I, in my opinion, stuck the landing. Mm-hmm. We got a we got a good solid trilogy plus some other stuff. Right. Um, I'm happy. It's bittersweet. Yeah. Right. It's over, but it's it ended well. Um yeah. But uh, thank you guys so much for for coming on the show and talking with me about Guardians Galaxy Volume 3. Um, Before we get going, uh, where can people find you online? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Aaron, uh, I'll let you go first. Yeah, uh, so these usernames bounce back and forth. I just need to make it all one. So on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Aaron K. Gaines. Uh, On TikTok, you can find me just Aaron Gaines. yeah, I'm trying to gear back up and do more cosplay content. I'm trying to take it in a different direction and do more like media-based content, whether it be kind of like nostalgic stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm doing over there. And uh, I'll be going to a couple conventions uh, here in the next couple months. Nashville Comic Con, uh, Ranger Stop in Atlanta. So if you're in the area, I'll be there. Okay, awesome. Uh, wait, sorry, what were the cons that you were going to? Oh, uh, Nashville Comic Con uh, is coming up soon. And then uh, Ranger Stop in Atlanta. It's like a Power Rangers uh, oriented convention. Yeah. It's like Power Rangers anime plus like old, like older like Nickelodeon stars show up sometimes. So it's like it's just a cool small convention. Not really small, but small in comparison to like a lot of conventions that are around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have Power Morphicon out here, I think. Yeah. It's basically a smaller yeah. version of that. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um. Kaylin, same for you. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Comics by Kaylin. Um, those are really my only two uh, major social medias. As far as what I have coming up, um, I filmed a bunch of Batgirl and Black Widow stuff recently. So I'm kind of in the process of going through and posting those. I'm trying to plan out my cosplays for the upcoming year. My, my big plan is to do Nightwing and... I'd like to ideally have him fully ready for uh, New York Comic Con, which I'm desperately keeping an eye on those uh, yeah. ticket dates. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just glad they're not going on sale when I'm out of the country. Cause that was my fear for a minute. <laughs> mm. Let they, me know when go those on get on sale. Um, I've been thinking about going cause I've never so, been in New York. Yeah. So they have opened up the um, press and content creator applications oh. for New York Comic Con. Okay. So do that fast. Cause they said that they'll um, get back to you within like three weeks. So okay. I'll send you the link. Like you yes. want to spell that out at ASAP. Um, and so hopefully I'll hear back from that, but I don't expect to get the content creator badge. I'm not big enough, but, um, regular fan verified goes on sale like June 11th. Okay. And then if you haven't already, if you're not verified from last year, then there's another date for new verification. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, but yeah, my next con is going to be Terrificon here in Connecticut and I'm excited for that. I'm going with some friends I met at uh, C2E2 plus uh, one of my friends from high school. I have awesome. no idea what I'm wearing for that yet, but <laughs> yeah, if, it's a good one. That's a if good you con. guys uh, ever come out to California, you gotta let me know. Um, oh, absolutely. Sure. I, the next con that I'm going to, I think is San Diego Comic-Con. Um, nice. I got, I got, so like when you get tickets, you get you are eligible for pre-sale the next year as yeah, long as you get regular the same with new york as long as you keep going then you're eligible for pre-sale the next year and as long yeah. as you go so i used to do that until one year i didn't go <gasps> and it messed me up and it dropped me back and i haven't mm. been able to get back to a legitimate sale um I, i'm not going to explain what that means but legitimately no i know what you mean you know and so then uh, this year was the first time back on that. So, oh, good. I, uh, so, but I got tickets for Thursday and Sunday. So I'm going to just be there four days and then Friday and Saturday just do free stuff and like maybe find things to make content. For yeah. Me. I mean, there's people that like hang around outside the comms. And well, there's a be... lot of outdoor yeah. events um, there that are con related, but not, you don't need a badge like, for. Right. So. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff. So Someday. I'm going to be there at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and then maybe maybe New York Comic-Con. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it. You should. I hope I hope you come to New York. A lot of the people that were at C2E2 are going to be at New York again. Or at least the people yeah. I was with at C2E2. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how yeah. that goes. People have already started booking Airbnbs and tickets haven't even gone on sale yet. <laughs> I need to book an Airbnb for San Diego. So I'm yeah. a little behind on that. So I got to worry about that. Um <laughs> Thank you guys so much, uh, uh, Kaylin, Aaron. Thank you so much for coming on this show and talking with me about Guardians. Uh, for anyone out there who is watching us, you are watching us on twitch.tv uh, slash The Keeg Show or youtube.com slash The Keeg Show. Or if you're listening to the podcast, it's wherever you get your podcasts from. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Um, that's where you can find us on podcasts pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can find us on social media. Our big ones are Instagram and TikTok at The Keeg Show. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter uh, at the Keeg Show slash the Keeg Show, that sort of thing. But pretty much TikTok and Instagram are our two biggest ones. You can also find us on Patreon.com slash the Keeg Show if you want to donate to the Keeg um, and find whatever tier, subscription tier that is right for you. Um, we appreciate it no matter what. Uh, definitely helps the show. Um, other than all of that, uh, we got a lot of you know cool movies coming up this summer. So definitely stay tuned for the Keeg Talks about all those movies. Um, we also got the Secret Invasion after show that will be starting up when Secret Invasion comes out. 
And then we have Comic Talk every Thursdays. So either way, you can find more information at uh, on Instagram or TikTok uh, at The Keeg Show uh, for that. But uh, that's pretty much the gist of things. Thank you guys so much for, for being on here. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, once again, I am your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been another episode of The Keeg Talks. The Keeg Talks, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Yes.